Hello and welcome to the Run With Ellie live show, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a common passion for the sport. I'm your host, Coach Allie. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so in the long run, you're able to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the love of running. Throughout my experience speaking with the individuals in the running community, I've found that many of us seek acceptance and relatability in some way, shape, or form. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through the stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and shares how running impacts the mind and body in the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Welcome to the Run With Allie Live podcast. This is your host, Allie Felsenthal, also known as at Run With Allie on Instagram. And I am so excited to have you all listening on the podcast today. If you're someone who is thinking about running and you just love the community aspect and feel, or you're simply just looking for a community and place to get training tips for a 5K to a marathon, you're in the right place. Again, welcome to the Run With Allie podcast, where I bring you very special guests consisting of different backgrounds, different specialties, and doctors to provide their own insights and advice on running, how to begin, and just the different things that they love each and what sets them apart. So every Tuesday, I bring you my own personal stories, how I became a runner, trainer, and the coach I am today, as well as actionable results from being injured that have enabled me to become a better coach for my clientele. More importantly, I bring together a very diverse range of guests on the podcast so that we could all connect with each because everyone has a unique story and every guest on here has something in common a passion for human movement and running inspired fitness. Being a run with Allie believer really means understanding the holistic approach to running as a lifestyle and a community. It's not just about the fitness aspect, it's the holistic approach too. So stop being so hard on yourself, stop overthinking it and just get out and do it. 
Tune in weekly for new motivational episodes with very special guests, as well as some of my own stories and experiences that will change your life for the long run. We're in this together. Thank you for listening to the Run With Valley Live podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Run With Allie Live. We are here for another episode. I cannot believe it's already February. Isn't that crazy, Ryan? It's February. Yeah, this year is already flying by. Flying by. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm excited about it because the weather is finally getting nice. And we're not in our winter coats. And it's not, you know, better to be outside. No, I hear you on that. Yes. Uh, so everyone who is joining for the first time, first of all, I want to welcome you to my podcast and just tell you what we're all about. So here I bring together like-minded individuals through running inspired fitness. And that does not mean you have to be an elite athlete. It doesn't even mean that you have to be a running coach. But the thing that everyone has in common here is everyone is interested in something similar and that is the running community and running brings people together. If you didn't already know it does. So my special guest today, now this is a funny story. Um, he is a great runner. He is a run enthusiast himself and I'm going to let him, you know, talk about himself more, but I do want to say that I met Ryan in a kettlebell certification when I could barely swing a kettlebell and with his help, thank thank you, Ryan, to this day, um, I finally got the swing down. So without further ado, here is Ryan and Ryan, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. And um, yeah, that's a funny story. Yeah. I always go back to like, oh, I met you, uh, Allie, at this kettlebell certification and then we've just kind of stayed in contact since it was just very natural and organic and um i'm happy that you remember me from being able to help you with your kettlebell swing that's awesome i mean i was like terrible it was it was so (laughs) it was funny but hey you know that's what's so great about the fitness community we all help each other you were one of the few people that did so i thank you for that thank you so much yes we definitely definitely are a good bunch of people in that respect for sure we're always willing to help yeah uh so ryan Tell um, everyone on here a little bit about you and just what you're all about. Sure. So uh, my name is Ryan Miller. I'm the owner of Blackbird Athletics, and uh, I'm a certified personal trainer through the National Academy of Sports Medicine with specializations in behavior change and corrective exercise. I'm also a precision nutrition coach, uh, pre- and postnatal certified trainer, and um, have kettlebell and viper certifications as well. Out of all of those things, that's, first of all, that's very impressive. And if I was looking at a resume, I'd be like, wow, this guy is very qualified for a lot of things. So what, I guess, would be, if you had to, like your favorite certification that you went through and why? So I want to say that the intro thing, and this is kind of what my business is about, is the whole picture of um, getting the whole picture of my clients' lives. And that would be the Precision Nutrition Certification because it talks a lot about behavior change around nutrition and things like that, which is uh, something that I've become very passionate about with uh, in exploring with all my clients. So um, 
that led me into the behavior change specialist certification. So those two are probably the channels that I, I go into more because when you have the whole picture and you start to work on your fitness as a part of your entire life, as opposed to just an aspect of your life, that's where magic starts to happen. So that's where, uh, that's what I would say is the most influential so far. Wow. Um, I just want to say, I love that you said that. I didn't even know that about you. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I have that too. I'm actually coaching, uh, one of my ladies for her wedding who is a runner, but that's not really what she's, you know, focused on right now. Um, but just thinking about how important that is just having gone through, I guess this career dive from my nine to five into a full-time fit pro and run coach. Uh, I didn't at first realize how important nutrition was for sure. And suffered from body dysmorphia at a certain point, uh, wound up with an injury and everything came full circle when, you know, just with time and experience and education. Um, and I really love that you speak to that behavioral aspect because it really is true. It's true. Yeah, and it's absolutely true. And as you mentioned, you know, having body dysmorphia and, and things like that, you know, that's something that I've dealt with my whole life as well. Most of my life, I was overweight. And when I decided to get fit, I had no idea what I was doing, right? I was in high school, and I was following this uh, program on, on the TV, right, that would just get me to burn three to 4000 calories a day. And me being young and unexperienced had no idea what calories really were. I was like, okay, let me eat like three almonds and a salad and two meal replacement shakes a day. And so now I'm only taking in 700 calories and burning so much. I was extremely malnutritioned and ended up getting hurt. That's what led me to this as well. And you mentioned that it goes full circle and now it's coming full circle as I learned um, all this stuff about behavior change. I'm able to truly start implementing that myself. So it comes full circle. You know, once you learn something, you have to teach it in order to uh, get it down and really say that you are part of that and you follow that, you know, that path. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, oh, I mean, I love Equinox and everything they have to offer, but I just, I felt like I always had to look good there. And it was just like in my head, it was just in my head. And I just was really just not focused on that part of on the nutrition. I was on the skill mill, I ignored a pole in my leg, which you very well know, it's like, what are you doing? Trying to hide it, like couldn't swallow my pride. And um, yeah, you know, I was wrapping my leg in K-tape in Dick's Sporting Goods at the 2018 Boston Marathon. So, you know, I, I was so focused on, oh my God, like I can't have 2000 calories a day. Like instead of focusing on the nutrients and the amount of activity I was doing. And it was like, wow, I learned the hard way. And I would never want that upon anyone, as I'm sure you wouldn't. No, absolutely not. And the thing is, is like, <laughs> you definitely always, the first instinct for a lot of people is to just push through it uh, because of that. It's the, the, the fear of looking bad or having uh, someone generalize about you, right? But that is not going to be what helps you in the in the long run you know literally and figuratively i training for my marathon 
I experienced the same thing. I was just overworking. I was like, okay, no, I got to do this. This is part of my path. Like I have to hit these miles in. So I ended up running at one point three half marathons within, um, I, no, no lie, five days trying to make up miles. And even though I ran them at slower paces, like that's a lot of miles for somebody who's running their first marathon in a short oh, yeah. period of time. And I had to take two weeks off after that because like mentally, emotionally, physically, I was just shot. And doing that led me to have some uh, IT band syndrome. And I experienced plantar fasciitis in the beginning of my training. And when you take a second to really focus on your recovery, which is nutrition, right? Is that that's what that is. When, yeah. you, take a, when you focus on that, everything becomes so much easier. And you will be left with better results in the long run. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's just the science. And uh, we need to step away from the whole, I need to do this, otherwise I'm a wimp, or getting away from the fears that surround that. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for being so vulnerable and just being open and sharing that because it's not easy. And, you know, I think both you and I could kind of like see eye to eye here. It's like through these experiences, um, it's it's made like I'm, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm sure you could say the same, but it's, it's helped me to become a stronger person. And like, I'll throw my hair up and just like, just do my thing because I have the energy and I feel good and I'm living the lifestyle and I'm trying to embody a lifestyle that shows others that it's okay to like, you know, not look your best all the time. Like, of course I look fit. And of course you look fit. Uh, but you don't need to be a Kate Moss. You can't be a Kate Moss if you want to run a marathon. No, definitely not. Uh, you got to you gotta put in the work and you got to get in the dirt a bit. Yes, for sure. So, uh, yes, again, thank you for that. Um, so I'm going to move on to why you said yes to being on the Run With Allie Lag podcast. Okay. Um, so the reason I said yes to be on the podcast is you know, like you said, we, we go back, uh, go way back. And I think you're a great coach. You're a great resource for runners. I love what you're doing. Um, I love how you continue to put out quality content and you really try your best and, and you're very genuine. So that's first and foremost why I said yes to being on this. The second part of that is that I also want to contribute to the, the fitness and health and wellness industry, right? Uh, we see a lot of posts on Instagram and we see people doing amazing feats um, of fitness, right? Doing the craziest stuff. Yet, no, very few people show the process of getting to that. And so that is a great, that's great and all. I do think that there is more behind the scenes that needs to be covered. And this is one of the things that helps influence people to learn. And so that's why I want to do it. I want to influence the industry differently. And I feel like you already lead, I'm just going to compliment you. You lead by example, like your posts and guys check out Ryan's posts because they actually like, they're very, they show you like the process of, you know, him progressing to a certain point. He's not just throwing up, for example, kettlebell snatches, like out of thin air. I mean, it takes a lot of work to get there. So if you cannot do a kettlebell snatch, side note, do not kill yourself or beat yourself up because it's fine. Okay. It's a very, very hard thing to do. Um, so, you know, things like that, don't try backflips or whatever you want to do. I don't think that that really tailors to this audience, but you know, just don't push it is, uh, I think what you were trying to get across. It's one thing at a time. It's one step at a time. And I mean, you can definitely 
get to that point and I help people get to that point all the time. And when they finally land their first kettlebell swing with good form, and I'm just like, this is so perfect because everything else just flows easy. It's like the mental hurdle of like, oh, I should be able to do this right away because I saw that somebody else did this, you know, on Instagram or on Facebook, right? People believe that they should be able to do things right away. And it just takes time. Everyone's capable of achieving anything that they want to. It just takes time. Yeah. And what's your favorite part about being a coach? Like versus a, like a runner's world. Okay. My favorite thing about being a coach has to be that there is a continuous amount of learning that goes into my own studies for myself. And I get to teach that to other people. I get to influence people and those people get to go on and influence everyone else in their lives. So they might not be a trainer or, a, you know, or an athlete, but them feeling the best and for themselves and showing up to become the best for themselves and learning and growing in an aspect of their lives that allows them to live happy and better lives uh, just translates down the chain. So when you affect one person, you truly affect hundreds depending on the person, thousands, millions of people, right? Potentially. So that, that's why I do it. I think it's, it's a, it's a great way to help more than just yourself. And I think that's why I like it. Uh, I, I love that. And your, it shows like just from you speaking, like how much you want to pay it forward and help others with your knowledge. Um, and also a runner's world is not Orion. You have so much more to offer. You could customize things um, in a way, uh, tailor them to people's different needs and make them feel good about it. You said good, make them feel good. And that is like, so, that's so empowering to hear that. I might have you train me on kettlebells at one point because <laughs> I'm like, it's definitely it. not the thing that I'm a master at, but you know, it's, they're amazing. Let's do it. Yeah. I love them. Use them all the time. I know. I know. Uh, Okay, so let's dive in a little more to your fitness journey. So running specifically. Um, yeah, you know, running, if you could, what kind of runner would you want to coach? Uh, feel free to elaborate. Okay, so I started off really running. Like I, So uh, let's, let's back up even more. I was running a lot in high school. And this was when I was heavier and I would have this, it was perfect. A four mile loop had tons of hills and I would run that pretty regularly. And it would take me about 45 minutes at like my best to run that four miles. And that was like a huge achievement for me. And then I stopped for a while and it was just always something that I knew that I could pick back up and do. So when I moved down to the city, I started running again and it was a way for me to explore the city. And I was faster and faster and I was working more at it. And I was like, this is really, really fun. It's very therapeutic for me. And that's why I started doing it. And then I was like, let me do a 5K. And I did a 5K. And then I think I did one more. And then I didn't do anything for the rest of that year. And then the next year, I it was, yeah, it was, that was in like 2017. And then in 2018, I, my first race was a 10K. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do a marathon. And that didn't happen just for a bunch of reasons. And I just kept running and doing races um, smaller races if I could. And it just became like a, a habit. And I can say that I've been consistently running um, over the last like two, three years, four years now. 
Um, but it's been a part of my life ever since I was younger. Um, so that's that part of that question. The second part of the, would I rather train um, recreational or elite runners? I have, I have no real preference in terms of like, I'll, I'll train anybody. Like I, I heard on this podcast where somebody mentioned that their father was a doctor and he was like, I don't get to choose my patients. And I think that that's a valuable thing. Like we're here to help everyone who's, uh, who comes across our path and who's, who wants it. So there, there's that aspect, but I do love the elite runner population. It's very inspiring to me. I find that energy to be contagious and something that I would see myself being a part of more long-term than just recreational. Interesting. I like that a lot. I mean, that's, that's very inspiring. And yes, I, I agree. Um, I mean, I don't, we actually have different um, markets there. So like I, you know, I would rather coach beginner and recreational runners, like intermediate runners, uh, just because that that's my niche and that's where my specialty lies and what I'm good at. Uh, even though I am a performance coach, that's performance. I'm sorry, performance. you cut out a little bit. Can you hear me now? You back in action. Um, I think we're back in action. I think we're okay. good. There was quite a few, quite a little bit of lag there. I'm not sure what that was. Okay. So, um, I'm just going to say, uh, I like coaching. This is my niche, newer runners, beginner runners, intermediate runners, because it's what I'm good at. It's what, where I'm strong and it's what I know, like for sure. Like just from experience, from not even from like my certification only just, you know, having been that and done that. I actually have a run coach now who coaches elite runners. Uh, apparently I am one, but I don't really like to call myself that because I think that everyone could always do better. Uh, but yeah, I'm going for a sub three ten marathon in Boston, 2021. Today was my first day of training and you know, I'm just, it's very, very helpful for me to understand how someone like me is coached, but different to understand a different coaching style that I could, you know, use and incorporate into my practice as well. Um, the performance aspect for me has always been so inspiring and yes, I'm so interested in it, but it's like, it's definitely a little bit different. Um, so when I say like my, you know, my specialty is performance coach, that applies to all areas. Like performance can mean anything. Performance in terms of injury prevention, getting faster. Um, but I love that. I love that that, you know, elite runners. Okay. Would you coach yeah. like one of the Kenyans? Um, if I had the if I had the opportunity to, I definitely would. I, I could rise to that level of um, proficiency and be able to coach that level. That would be fantastic. I love that. Lo I love that you you are shooting for a sub 310 marathon. That is bonkers. That is okay. such a good time. Fingers crossed. No, Fingers. I, 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 you know, the thing is, like, a big part of this is that you're supposed to have unconditional positive regard for those uh, around you and in your circle and who you're training, right? And so now I have unconditional positive regard for you and genuinely believe that that is possible for you. That is such a good goal to shoot for. 
and I'm excited to see your progress to get there because that's phenomenal. I remember you posted um, your results from the Brooklyn half this past year. Um, I did the full, that was my marathon, but you did the half and you finished it in like, what was it? It was like 129. 129, sub one and a half. And I was like, that is amazing. Like that's my goal right now to shoot for that. Um, I'm still pretty new in the game. So my pace is okay, but I need to really, that's what I'm shooting for. That's exactly what I'm shooting for right now. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I can help. I could, I know I documented everything I did and I applied to every single person I train, regardless of that, of their level. It's easy to take that and understand how to tailor it, as you know, to someone who is at a different level to where they are and get them to where they want to be. That makes sense. Different. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes total sense. And now which, which, um, did you follow like a certain running style or running program? Because I had a, I had a person who, um, my coach, she wrote a program for me based on the Hanson's method. So that's what I was going for. Like what, which, do you know which, uh, program you followed or did you follow a specific one at all? So I, good question. So for the half and the full, I put myself to the test and through experience, a lot of research and my United Endurance Sports Coaching Academy certification, which just gave me the credentials and like the knowledge to understand just different like training runs and different reasons for why things might have worked and not worked. Uh, I did it all myself, to be honest with you. That's that's awesome. That's so really cool. The tempo runs, the fartlek runs, the negative splits, the interval runs, which I personally have a, it's my, it's like, so, oh, I have to push myself to do them. It's not, it's, I hate them. I don't want to say hate, but like, it's just hard. Um, yeah, I put it all together and I knew what I needed to do to get to this time, but I really put myself to the test. And, and that also, was, so that was for the, that was for this half. So it was for the half and the full, the half gotcha. was more like a training run. Ah, Nice. Yeah. Um, I heavied up on cross training Mm. as in low impact exercise on my lower body got super into boxing. And I'm telling you that by building different upper body strength and kind of getting like very sharp, um, and those fast switch muscle fibers, like going on interval days where I didn't want to run, it helped me for the half. I'm not sure about the fall. That's really interesting. I I believe in cross training as well, knowing. So the reason I say that I believe in cross training as well is because I trained not doing as much cross training. I was like only running, doing the Hanson's method. And there was definitely definite pros, but there was a lot of cons as well. Like I just felt weak a lot, um, even though my muscles could just continue to go. So like the, it's funny that you say that the boxing helped because I could see what you mean with your arms having to move a certain way that would help with you know, reduction of overstriding, keeping it nice and tight. Like that, that's really cool that you use boxing for that. Yeah. Boxing also TRX was my baby. Like build it. Oh my God. Everything you do is core centric on there. And you know, the core transmits energy from your lower to upper body and vice versa. So your arms, like this is the biggest thing. Like when you're tired, you use your arms to propel forward. You're leaning from your ankles. Like that's, you go so much further. It's crazy. You really do. All that stuff comes into play. All the strength training and cross training when you're running 
is extremely important for you for a variety of reasons, not only like from your energy systems, um, but also just muscular endurance and uh, strength and eccentric action for sure. And I'm really huge in contralateral training just because that's the way we move when we run. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly what, how we walk and run on a like everyday basis. Right. So like when we walk, like, you know, it's one to one and a half times our body weight. And then, you know, it's like four to three to five, right. For running. So when you have that much weight on your body, right. You need to be able to deload those things, uh, deload that weight properly and efficiently. So when you cross train, it's going to affect your body in a variety of ways. That's going to help you in your runs, even if they don't necessarily translate to the exact movement. So we talked a lot about kettlebell so far, and that's why I'm a huge fan because it translates into, uh, it translates into that strength, right? You can change things up, move faster, move slower, add more weight, do the contralaterals, do bilateral, there's a lot of freedom and the offset weight is what challenges the sides even more. And that creates just better movement patterns overall together. So, um, you, you make a really good point for all that. And I think it's, it's extremely valid and needs to be done more. So if I told you that kettlebells were kind of the center of my circuit training program, would you believe me? They were, sorry, say that again. Like the center of like my circuit training program, like some of like my cross training days. That makes sense. That that's that's amazing. They when you use them in a circuit, they can really hit you pretty hard. If you use like a, if you do a kettlebell complex, uh, you know, doing a series of movements before you go to the next type of exercise, but you don't stop, you're you can challenge every single part of your body, and your heart is going extremely uh, fast, and then it gets a chance to rest at the end, which is exactly what you need for quick energy production um, into your muscles. So. I think that was a smart move, and that's probably why you got much faster. I mean, yeah, it's good for, like, the power, um, you know, anaerobic endurance. But, like, you know, obviously it's important to build strength. So deadlifts, you know, way, way out. Um, I'm talking, like, heavy lifting out, um, like, far away from the marathon I focus on. But I really stuck to body weight in terms of strength training closer to because I didn't want to put too much stress on my body. And since I was running for time, I wanted to run my fastest, most energetic, being my most energetic, but leanest self. I think that was a great, that that's great. Also adding more body weight to reduce, you know, the amount of potential injury, uh, was a smart plan. I think that was really, really well thought out. And the heaviness at the, at the front of your training proved to be good because then you can maintain that a little bit more through, through that. Now I had a question Mm-hmm. so you mentioned that you don't want to you didn't want to really put too much stress on your body and we talked a little bit about recovery and stuff before now this is just a genuine question we're, we're just you know talking now i yeah. want to like what do you think like would, would that be able to, would you be able to compensate that with more rest and recovery like if you were Ooh. to continue doing that you know what i mean like would you if you were to actually have time to to rest and recover properly um i mean in theory yes but being in such an experienced runner yourself, do you think that keeping those kettlebell circuits in until race day, but making sure that you're no, 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 not at all. I, okay. Ryan, um, I was sleeping 13 <laughs> hour nights for a week before 
each race, 13 hours. Now I'm not saying that everyone has to like have a lot of sleep. People work differently. But when I say Epsom baths to literally foam rolling, whenever I got an opportunity using my Theragun, uh, adding Himalayan salt to all of my food, making sure I was like freaking so hydrated to the point where I couldn't even drink water anymore. That was a priority for me. Like I literally felt like I was running, sleeping and eating. Okay. Okay. So that's, I see, I see that there's a level of intensity there that you, you really prepped for it. So you, you want to know why? Because I messed that up so poorly. And that's how I got a quad train and piriformis syndrome for the 2018 Boston Marathon. Gotcha. It's part of it. it. It's part of it. So, so more or less, you're not a fan of working out all the way into you need that amount of rest simply because you should be getting that amount of rest anyway. Um, prior to not it. Like you don't need to add it. Runs, not, really. not outside of training runs. Gotcha. Or just like recovery runs and shakeout runs. Like just your body should be ready two weeks before. Be ready two weeks before. That's a good oh, rule. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. And then you taper down. I taper down for two weeks. Wow. Okay. That was similar to what my that's that was similar to what my run was. My runs were as well. Um, I definitely tapered down in mileage and then also frequency for the last two uh, weeks of the cycle. Yeah, but you just want to be careful you don't taper down too much, which I almost did. When would you say is too much taper? Like, for example, like you don't want to like go like running three miles three times a week if you're running a marathon. You want to like keep your mileage between, or at least this is my opinion, like 30, 35 miles a week, um, you know, not overdo it, not really go extremely hard, uh, just run at a push pace maybe one time because you know, you got to maintain, uh, I mean, taper back as in like the hard work is over. You don't need to be running gotcha. those 21 mile, like long runs, even though I don't even believe in running over 20 personally. Um, but we'll see. Um, and yeah, no, I just think it's, you're, you're, you gotta like kind of embrace that period where your body is ready and just like maintain, keep it going, stay loose. Gotcha. And that's such a different uh, mentality than than the than the method that I was using. So Hanson method, are you familiar with that? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, for those who don't know, you train. They 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 go based off of you train for the last sixty miles of the race. So you, it's basically uh, like a negative split, like a cumulative overload, right? It's like almost overtraining, but not. You're you're basically you're. It's dependent on you resting and recovering enough because you're running like five six days a week. And you, the, the thing is, is that you never run more than 16 miles in a, in a run, but the accumulation of miles over overall is so that way that when your legs are tired towards the end of the marathon, you're still able to keep going. And that's the method, right? So I botched that. I did not, <laughs> I did not recover right. And I was still trying to get those miles in. So it's interesting to see, hear how you went about it because uh, because I know that I didn't do so well in terms of following the program to the T this this past year. My training for this next marathon, I wa- I'm going to make it a genuine effort to try it one more time before I move on to uh, a different program. So we'll we'll be in touch about that. But I'm yeah. Curious. Um. You know, I so a lot of marathon training programs have you running up to 22 miles. Um, okay. Yes. We'll see what what mine is when I get there because my coach does it like every month. Uh, I personally don't believe in running over 20 Mm. because I think that 
you know, if you could run 20, like literally you're putting your body in overkill. And I've also like run five marathons up to this point. And I've noticed that for my first two, when I did that, I mean, I did very well, but like I, I dropped a lot of time, but then again, I was like a very new runner. It was new to me. I was not in the fitness industry. I was young. I was 26. Uh, and you know, it was kind of just, I didn't, I was figuring it out. I was experimenting with my own body. I was my own guinea pig. That's how you learn though. I feel like you, I mean, you have do things smart, but you have to go through it yourself in order to understand, truly understand. I agree with you. And I'm just going to say this once. And I love all of the running coaches out there, but I think that education, nothing is more important. I also think that experience, nothing is more important. Yeah. You, you, the experience and knowledge combined is what creates, you know, expertise. So if you just have the knowledge and you don't practice it or don't teach it or don't go on to like really use it, it's almost wasted. And I think that's a great point because I've been guilty of that too, where I'm like, okay, let me get this certification. Let me get this certification, this certification. And then I don't use it with my clients right away. And then you kind of lose it and you're like, well, oh, I understand now that I need to genuinely practice this myself and also with people to have it become mastered. And that's, you, you, that's where experience comes into play. Yeah. Especially running. Cause like, what if someone came to you and they were like, Ryan, I really cramped up today on mile 14 and you were just like, what does the book say? What does the book say? <laughs> like, yeah, you know that, that's, that's like, that, exactly like you have to know how to handle that. Like, okay, we need to one, see why that happened. Is something else tight? How is your nutrition? How is your sleep? Did you, were you, you know, there's a lot of questions that you need to ask and you can't, you won't know that unless you, you won't know those questions um, unless you've been through it yourself. Because yeah, I've done like, that. That's happened to me. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I was just about to say, like, what if you were experiencing the same thing? You're like, you're, you know what? I'm experiencing the same thing. This is what I did. Exactly. And so now my thing is, wasn't necessarily running per se, but I was, I did a Spartan race and this was the first time this has ever happened to me Ooh. when I was going, I was mile six out of 12. Um, and we were going uphill and then my, my right calf seized up no sorry my left calf seized up and it was just charlie horsing and i'm like on the side of this trail <laughs> holding on to this tree like oh my god this is what is this what's happening and a, the, a kind soul he was so nice just came by with like a bag full of salt tablets and like he's like here man take these it'll make you feel better and then somebody came by with a banana and i was like thank you so much i like i owe you my life um, and I felt better within like four minutes and then I was able to go and finish. And I was like, wow. Okay. So now I know like eat and I didn't eat anything before the, before the race. Like I, I, and I was like, okay, so I need to have something. I need to have salt. I need to have this. And so you, that's, was my experience with, uh, proper pre run pre event, uh, nutrition oh, and hydration. I have a whole, that's, that's another <laughs> podcast, but I have a whole pre race nutrition, like plan guideline i use i also am a huge fan of himalayan salt fun fact during the new york city marathon i yelled at the medics i yelled at them i said where's the himalayan salt this is table salt and they looked at me like i had two heads they didn't know what i was talking about but i was like i need that this is going to dehydrate me um so wait so break that break that down for me because i'm actually unfamiliar with the difference between himalayan sea salt and regular salt sure or table salt i should say yeah, so table salt is like, it's like mine, it's all cut up, and it's like, you 
really like don't know what what's in it like basically it's just it's there's no minerals any minerals are extracted from it when it's put into that can or that jar Himalayan salt is all natural, like the pink salt I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I know I know Himalayan salt, but I didn't know that there was a difference. So you're saying it's a little bit more oh. – so table salt is just a little bit more refined and just like, you know, other, other There's things. There's zero minerals or nutrients. Like I know it's like salt and it's not the best for you, but in like a marathon, heck yeah. I see now. Okay, very cool. Like there, there's at least like some minerals, you know, so if you need that sodium because you're probably a little dehydrated <laughs> – slash a lot around like mile 22 yeah you know? you're very dehydrated for sure when I was training for the for my marathon you know uh I was watching the um what was it oh my god the Tour de France right and a lot of the bikers or at least I saw in one of the, one of the bikers he cyclists I should say sorry he would have raw honey and rice and it would be blended up and they'd have like little bars and they'd eat that. And I actually mixed raw honey and salt into like my water bottle. And I would use that as I was running and the difference it made, because it's basically like just having like a goo packet, right? It's basically yeah. essentially what you're doing. So every, every two, three miles I would use that. And that's just my own makeshift way to kind of get uh, sugar and salt and, and water into my body and it, it works really well i gotta say it kept me going on my long on my long i'm gonna bring sure. you this next time i see you okay so you're gonna bring me the fine himalayan salt i love yeah. it so yeah. good very For your cool training. all right so uh one more question then we gotta wrap up and i, I could talk running all day with you I yeah love i know it. um but one thing about the running community you love the most and why the thing I love about the running community the most is definitely the camaraderie. Everyone is so positive and upbeat. It's ridiculous. It's so, so contagious. And on race days, when everyone's just hanging around at the beginning or at the end, everyone's happy. Everyone's cheering each other on. I, even when you're running on the side of the street training for a marathon, have you ever had somebody randomly on the side of the street just be like keep going man you got this or like you're doing so awesome oh, hell right? yeah like that's just you can tell that they're a runner they just get it and the, and it's extremely supportive and that's what i gotta say i love most about the running community it's very supportive and keeps you wanting to do it yeah i love that oh my god yay i love runners i love talking to other runners and this was amazing ryan thank you so so much thank you for having me this was, was really pleasure. fun yeah, it was a pleasure having you, and I look forward to just, like, working with you in the future. Uh, everyone on here listening, Ryan's information will be up in the podcast episode, his website, his email, anything else he'd like to include uh, once this is posted on Wednesday. So, Ryan, thank you so much again. And thank you very much. We look forward to following your journey. I only wish yes. great things to come for you with lots of Himalayan salt. With lots of salt. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening. I'll see you at the same time, same place next week. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show, sharing fun running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Alley community so you could connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. 
please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I can better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Allie Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed, sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Allie Live. See you next time.